The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for Pretty Gory. You may experience swearing, violence, and sexual situations that you engage in often, hopefully never, and only in your dreams. Parents need to watch your children. They could learn more than you want them to. Without and within, the world was dying. Greed for gain and violence flourished. Honor and nobility were profaning for lies and unrestrained consumption were made sacred. The light of the unconquered sun turned bloated and red, and its blood flowed freely. And mankind continued to hasten its own death. Amidst the obsidian towers, poor haunted wastelands, and shadowed tombs of this aged world, those who looked behind the tattered sorrows woke to the sounds of steel on steel, and knew now was the time when mankind would either fall to its own insignificance or become as them beyond the boundaries of dualities, freed from the shackles of their baseness and their forgotten nobility. Without and within, the world was dying, and among the Tatars, crimson things began to move. Broken Sea Audio Productions presents The Sword of the Crimson Tatters, Arc 1, The Sword is Forged, Chapter 4, The Calm After the Storm. Those ghosts out of my head! That was the most terrifying thing I think I've ever experienced! Doran, I think we're all still recovering from that. <laughs> Agreed. Except for Axelrak there. Thanks, this is the time to sing. What? I'm just trying to shift the mood for you. We've made it to the Oasis just before sunrise and they're not on our trail. Things are good. It's not my fault you don't find riding with the dead as exhilarating as I do. How in the world can you find something like that exhilarating? I'm a bone master. What part of necromancer confuses you? I'm just glad they left us alone. So the symbols you carved into us are what protected us? Exactly. They seem to regard us as part of their family, company, whatever. The symbol marked you as being in harmony with the one who lies beyond the sixth sorrow. The one who rides, son of the one who whispers, he who shall temper the fourth and ninth through rage and blood. I'd always heard that the Crimson Tatters want to take our souls and destroy humanity. Outside of necromantic power source, why would anyone want your souls? It's challenging enough maximizing the ones we're born with, let alone managing those of others. So you're saying they aren't a threat to humanity? Depends on what you mean by humanity. 
If you're afraid of the Crimson Tatters, well, take a good look at who's slandering them. It's the Church of the Harbingers. The Harbingers aren't human. Hell, they aren't even from the Earth. And their spawn, those who walk alone, are truly terrifying. But they want us to unquestioningly obey them and sacrifice our own interests in nature. If that was a human ruler, most would call it tyranny. If freedom and responsibility is part of the birthright of humans, maybe a better question is whether or not the Harbingers are a threat to humanity. Of course, that kind of talk will get you killed in most places. I'm too tired for a philosophical debate. Thank you. My head hurts and I'm exhausted. How about we find some place to camp? Sounds like a great idea to me. If I remember right, there should be some caves coming up here soon. You've been here before. Uh, yeah, I rode through it. <sighs> Guarding a courier who was going to the city of teaching in a men. I've never been here before. Until I was tied up and thrown over a mule, I'd never made it this far southwest. It's supposedly the longest oasis known. Over 100 miles from north to the Principality of Amin, just to the south of the Principality of Masters. Which isn't much of a Principality anymore anyway. Rumor has it, Lodan is going to try to annex Masters. <sighs> of course she is. Come on, let's find those caves. I'll offer to be part of the First Watch. I'm still high on the storm. Doran, are you willing to take first watch with me? Why me? Because I imagine if you sleep now, you'll have nothing but nightmares. And I bet Kavita and Lorak would like some time to themselves to talk about loved ones who have passed on. That's surprisingly considerate, Axelrak. You don't know me, girl, so you don't know what is or isn't considerate of me. But I understand the dead better than most, and if honoring an ancestor after having spent the last few hours riding with them isn't timely, well, I don't know what is. Kavita. Hmm. Yeah. What? Doran. It's your turn to watch. Okay. Thanks. Hmm. How was it with the creepy guy? Ah, he's not so bad, actually. But that doesn't mean I trust him. Good. He is a sorcerer, so stay on your toes. I'll wake Lorak. No need. I'm awake. Anything suspicious out there? Nope. Axelrak says he heard a bird talking about riders leaving Adar and heading north. But I'm not sure he wasn't screwing with me. He did say he couldn't sense any humans following us, so he thought it'd be safe to build a fire at the mouth of the cave. Ah, my neck. Where is Axelrak? Already sleeping. He was pretty drained once the adrenaline wore off. (laughs) I bet. Get some sleep, Doran. (sighs) See you in a few hours. He seems like a good man. A bit soft, maybe, but a good man. He is, on both counts. Like I said, he works... worked in the armory. He doesn't have much battlefield experience, but it's because of him that I had access to a sword. Without him, I would have had to settle for practicing my sword play with a wooden branch or something. And he's proved his loyalty. Especially after everything we went through yesterday. 
I'm sorry about Eli Kavita. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I spent a long time thinking about how you and the others could have protected Dad or saved him. And then I spent a lot of time hating you all for not being there. For abandoning him. Kavita, we didn't abandon him. We tried to. Here, have some wine. Now, I only blame the assassin and his boss, Alderac. But I've never known... Dad never told me why the Order broke up. What happened that made you all leave? Elak never told you anything. He told me it wasn't your fault. He also said it wasn't safe to talk about. Here. (sighs) Staying in the Kingdom of Windstorms wasn't safe for him at all. I loved your dad, but he was an idiot for keeping the two of you there. Your father... Shh. Wait. Don't move. There's a nice dog-sized horn lizard just off to our left. Those are good eating. Do you have your crossbow handy? Do <laughs> you even have to ask? What are you waiting for? Axelrack and Doran are lucky. We'll leave some for them. It's a big one. You were saying about my dad. Right. He turned a good but average company into the best in the kingdom. Alderac's father, King Florak, honored us and our captain in all things. He was more than one of his captains. He was damn thing, an advisor. Dad loved Florak. Even when he didn't understand him, or when he disagreed with him, he always respected his king. I don't think Dad ever got over his death. Here, I'll clean the lizard while you tell your story. (sighs) I'll build up the fire so we can have hot coals to cook with. Um, No, he never did get over Florak's death. But, while Florak was still alive, and... Alderac was just a was just a pub. The king granted Elac the ability to form a special order within the ranks of the company. This order was made up of those who get over there. Those who the captain considered the best at what they did. The order of the wolves. I know. Do we have something we can use as a spit? I saw some branches at my work over there. Be right back. This should do all right. The wolves. We hunted down anyone who threatened the kingdom. We were truly the best. And then Florek died. Yes. We didn't have any reason to suspect Alderac at the time. We knew he had issues with his father, but patricide? That wasn't even considered captain, the rest of us, we swore a fealty to the crown and to Alderac specifically. Here, help me get this lizard onto the spit. Mm. Well, it turns out Alderac hated his father and everything his father loved. Instead of using us for the benefit of his kingdom, he set us up. Not only the wolves, but the entire company. This is the Battle of the High Estate. Yes. (laughs) 
you know that we lost, and there was a strangely convenient treaty between Alderac and King Jackal. What struck us as strange was that Alderac never seemed too bothered by the loss of the company. How did you know he set you up? Among us last six survivors, Joxus was the best intelligence gatherer. He found papers. Immediately, we went underground, thinking that none of us were safe, especially as we were the elite of the company. We secretly went to the captain with our findings. We were devastated. We swore oaths, but Alderac broke his by signing our death warrants. All that because he was mad at his daddy. We wanted Elac to take you, join us, and leave the kingdom. We could have become a mercenary force and rebuilt it as a free company. <laughs> he refused. Why? He felt he needed to honor his oaths and stay in the service of windstorms and that the legacy of the company would need to survive Alderac. But he must have known Alderac would try to kill him again. <sighs> he went to Alderac and re-swore his allegiance. He promised him a new, better company. One that Alderac would be proud to see him grow in his reign. Oh, Dad. We told him we couldn't do that. We either weren't as honorable as him, or just... Shit! We all left for the principalities and split up fairly quickly after that. I hoped your dad would be a force of honor in windstorms. But I guess he became too much of a liability. I don't know what happened exactly. All I know is I went to Dad's study, thinking he fell asleep at his desk again. I opened the door and found him sitting at his desk, leaning back, with his throat slit. Blood was everywhere. I don't remember much else. I almost blacked out. I think I walked towards him. What snapped me back were hands, grabbing me from behind. Something was put over my face, and before losing consciousness... I heard someone say, Alderac sends his regards to your family. The next thing I knew, I was in a slaver's wagon. Stripped and collared, I'd lost my father, my home, my freedom. Just like that. God, that motherfucker has to die. Here, legs are done. Careful. It's hot. Thank you for telling me, Lorak. I know none of this is your fault, and I'm really glad to see you again. <sighs> me too, little bird. I missed you a lot over the years. You and your father made me feel like I was part of the family, not just a soldier. You were. He loved you like a son, and... You were my favorite. Well, I didn't ignore you. Or scare you like the others. You did a lot more than that. You told me stories. You played with me. <laughs> Let me kill you in mock battles. I got a lot of shit from the others for that. They kept saying I should settle down and become a farmer. <laughs> But you never made me feel like an annoyance. 
You were kind. <sighs> that was a long time ago. And I've done a lot of, well, things <laughs> since then. Uh, I'm not even sure I'd recognize that man anymore. I do. <laughs> He's got lizard juices all over his face. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he's never been very good at self-pity, so he should just stop trying. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop if you pass the wine back this way. Tell you what, breaking our fast with roasted meat was quite a treat. Indeed. Although, it would have been wise for you to offer the organs to the spirits of this place. Or to the tatters. It might have brought us good luck. Isn't that just a bit superstitious? You're probably right, but one can never be too careful. Here's the pass we're looking for. See the seal of Edgard? We should reach the tomb soon. Let's mount up. If we passed this spot any later, we probably would have missed it in the dark. I've been watching carefully, but yeah, you're probably right. (sighs) I memorized the map Roddy showed me. (laughs) He wouldn't let me take a copy. Good move on his part, it turns out. (laughs) I guess so. Anyway, we should be there any time. Is that a tomb? It's a likely candidate. Is that someone writhing around at the gates? It's a likely assessment. Great. What kind of tomb would it be without death traps? Of course. Doran, right between Kavita and me, and, and keep your eyes open for anything weird about those gates as we approach. Kavita. Keep your eyes open and help me spot any snipers, tripwires, anything physical. Axelrod, stay behind us and try to sense any supernatural traps. You got it, boss. These canyon walls are damn near sheer. It's too dark to be sure, but I don't see any places for an effective sniper's nest. Me neither. But keep alert anyway. Something fucked that guy up pretty bad. I don't even know what I'm looking for. It's magical, all right, and the plot just got thicker. The tattered sorrows weep here. What the fuck does that mean? It means that this poor guy pissed off my gods. Whoa, whoa. Is it safe to get down? Yes, but don't touch the gate and back away a bit. (coughs) Who is this guy? He's wearing a Darren gear. That's Sergeant Toddler, one of Lord and Scout's. Poor devil. I wonder how she knew to send him here. I guess it's too late to find out now. That's not entirely true. This poor bastard isn't coherent enough to get any answers out of, and there isn't any cure for this. Except one. Mercy killing? Of a sort. This is a bit of Daxid's cranium. 
I'll use it as a spirit trap to catch the soul that houses his consciousness. By putting it over his mouth as he breathes his last Rest in peace, soldier. What the fuck are you doing? We need answers, and he can give them to us. But I need his head. That's just wrong. No, it's just not for the squeamish. Just keep going, Axelrack. I want to know as much of what we're getting into as we can. Good. Now, normally, a regular old necromancer would have to pickle this head or cover it with honey and herbs or any number of other recipes to prepare it to speak. But for a bone master, just the rightly carved bone placed in the pharynx will do. Oh, my God. We're in luck, too. If he had already died before we arrived, we'd have to spend a good amount of time chanting the right soul back to his remains. But as it is, we already have him trapped in Daxid's cranium fragment. Lucky. <coughs> right. Now, just a brief verse or two. And the sergeant comes home. Sergeant Toddla, I would hear you speak with the knowledge of the dead. Why were you sent here? Princess Lodan thought the oasis might be where Emperor Edgar's tomb. How did she know to look here? Answer him, Sergeant. She thought it was likely from your path when she captured you. Ask what killed him and if he knows how he triggered it. I'll ask, but like I said, I think I already know. Sergeant, what killed you? You're naive. Uh, of course. I mean to ask, what befell you at the gate of the tomb before I stabbed you through the heart? thought so. Anything else you want to know? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. What is the point of this? He hasn't told us anything we didn't already know. Now we can get to some of my questions. What? I've... I've said so much. Sergeant, I would know more. There are many conflicting stories about Edgard, the end of his reign, and his tomb. Sergeant of the Dead, why is Edgard's tomb guarded by the Tattered Sorrows?
all what the elect who try to enter the temple. Please, I've, I've said enough. I would know more, toddler. How did Edgar come to dedicate himself to the Crimson Tatters? Dedicated to the ch- Church of the Harbingers, going on many crusades until finding the Book of Tattered Sorrows. The book either freed him or destroyed his sanity. Same thing, really. After that, he fought against the church and lies. How does he know all this? The dead aren't subject to time or space. If you want information, there are few better informants. And if you want something done quickly, the dead are fast allies. But it's a struggle to keep them here. Sergeant, I would know more. What events truly led to Edgard's death and the collapse of his empire? All hidden now. Edgard's paladins read the book too. Then they killed the cardinals within the empire's branch of the church. They would have turned their crusades against the church to purge it from all the lands. The church retaliated, framed the order of knights with demon worship, killed the emperor's wife and heir, poisoned him with a slow poison, saying the antidote was available if he rededicated himself to the church with an air of their choosing. Then what happened? He lied to the church, buying himself a little time. He then met separately with three different cousins and told each that he was Edgar's heir apparent. After that, he went to meet with the rest of his paladins here at what would become his tomb. He took all the articles of his office including his crown. Cousins fought amongst each other. 
Three cracks soon became many, and the Empire shattered. So, Edgard came here and died. They were rituals before his death. The tombs curse is but one. What were the others? I cannot say. I would know more, Toddler. What were the other rituals? <sighs> Peace, Sergeant. What does all this mean, Axelrag? I don't know yet. Let me finish here. Sergeant Toddler, I'm not equipped to perform full funerary rites, and most of your souls are already going along the paths that the deeds of your life set for them. But I can aid the part of you held in my bone. Rest. Is there a god you were dedicated to? No. Godless. Do you have family? Is there a homestead where you could join the ancestors and look after your kin? No family alone. Then I will send you to the shore of the dead, where you will sleep in darkness. Rest. Yes, toddler. Rest in peace. Everyone, stay very still and don't freak out. I just summoned help for poor Sergeant Toddler here. They won't hurt you. God, scorpions! There must be hundreds of them! Yes, they will carry him to where he needs to go. We've never seen a swarm of scorpions before. According to those who notice such things, they've been getting more... communal. Same with most spiders. So how do we get past the curse that killed them? Well, you see... You're gonna carve into us again, aren't you? How'd you guess? really hope you don't have to do that to us anymore. You like it too much. I can say that you wound me, but it really has been the other way around, hasn't it? The horses are secured. Can we go in now? Absolutely. Doran, break out the lanterns. This should be interesting. Your eminence, foulness comes. Our vigilance and patience in this harbinger forsaken prison has paid off. Indeed, your eminence. And he has already begun corrupting the three with him. We must destroy him, utterly, before he causes any additional harm. What about the others? Is there still a chance for their redemption? There is always hope, your eminence. But if they refuse, their deaths will serve the harbingers as well.
Sword of the Crimson Tatters, Arc 1, Episode 4, The Calm After the Storm, was written and created by Lothar Tuppen. Featured in the cast was Robert Lang as the introduction narrator, Stevie K. Farnaby as Doran, Danica Dider Tate as Kavita, Bill Holwig as Lorak, Lothar Tuppen as Axelrak, Mark Kalita as Sergeant Toddler, and Stephen Waymeyer and Carrie Noonan as the Cardinals of the Harbingers. The opening theme music was Global, Local, Personal from the album World in Flames and Sinestra from the album The Fall of Ragnaros, both by the Celestial Aeon Project. Closing music was Far Away from the album Fable, also by the Celestial Aeon Project. All other music by Lothar Tuppen. Sound design, direction, and mastering by Lothar Tuppen. This presentation, as well as the scripts and characters therein, is copyright 2015 to Lothar Tuppen, and this recording is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. All other rights are reserved. Come back for the conclusion in Episode 5, when the secrets of Emperor Edgard's tomb reveal themselves. Only from Broken Sea Audio Productions. faraway land where swords and sorcery decide the fate of kingdoms travel the paths of warriors and wizards as they fulfill a forgotten prophecy culminating in a furious battle between the forces of darkness and light Adventures begin in a humble tavern filled with tall tales and dark secrets. Sit thee down and hearken to the saga of the Grog and Griffin. Audio, where fantasy audio is forged. Face me and In conjunction with Westlake Films.
This is Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter. I don't always listen to old-time radio or podcast audio dramas. But when I do, I prefer BrokenSea.com. Stay listening, my friends. In 1963, Pierre Boulle's book, La Planète des Sanges, known in English as Planet of the Apes, was published. In 1968, 20th Century Fox released Planet of the Apes as a major motion picture, creating a worldwide sensation that continues to this day. In 1975, Mike McCarthy, Tom McCabe, Michael A. Caulfield, and Bill Kenwright brought Planet of the Apes to stages in the United Kingdom. The history and script of which was preserved by Rich Handley of Hasline Books, Simeon Scrolls Magazine, and the Planet of the Apes Wikia site. In 2013, Broken Sea Audio, in arrangement with playwright Mike McCarthy, brings you the official audio drama adaptation of the UK stage production of Planet of the Apes. Don't move, human. Okay, okay, my hands are up. Silence, beast! Human, what do you want here? We are friends. We come in peace. Come in peace, they? We shall soon see about that. Put them in a cage. Yes, sir! Move, beast! What? But we came in peace. In the cage. Human. In the year 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. The prison's name, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary, Manhattan Island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. This is the Broken Sea Audio production of Escape from New York. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. So get a new president. Trade center dead ahead. Should be there. 
Think of all the things that cause you stress every day. Traffic, the office, the family. All this stress causes headache pain. When you feel a stress headache coming on, reach for new, improved Calmofed. But aspirin upsets my stomach. Don't worry. There's no aspirin in Calmofed. And caffeine makes me jittery. No problem. There's no caffeine in Calmofed either. I just don't trust all those buffers and extra ingredients. Chill out, you big weenie. Huh? There are no artificial ingredients or chemicals in Calmofed. Okay? Oh, okay. Give it here. I'll try some. Let me pull out the cotton and... Hey, hey, the cotton's the only thing in the bottle. That's right. Just stick it in your ears. Oh, okay. Now, the stress that causes headaches is gone. Isn't that right, you paranoid wimp? What? Calmofed. Absolutely no artificial ingredients. Mm -hmm. No harmful ingredients. No ingredients at all. What? Use only as directed. Do not use in the path of heavy machinery. Calmofed. Don't you feel calmer already?